Well, hello, everybody. It is September 18th, and uh, Stacy, you're back with me this week, which is awesome. And uh, shoot, it is it is Monday, September 18th, and in three days, you're going to be on your way to Europe. And in four days, I'm going to be on my way to Europe. The, the, the Ryder Cup is coming up, man. It's, I know, it's gonna, I can't believe, man. It, we, we got our last, like, you know, pre-Ryder Cup golf fix in this week. And, uh, yeah, uh, two weeks from now, it's all going to be over. And we got to wait another two years until Beth Page Black. I know. I haven't even. Wow. I'm ready to go, but I'm not ready to go. I got a lot of stuff to do between well, we now and Thursday. Well, we haven't, uh, you know, we, we've talked. We went out We went out on Saturday night, but but um, we haven't talked on air since your trip to Bandon Dunes with with uh, our friends yeah. Alan Mayho. You said yeah. you had one one round where you shot, what, 70? I shot 75 on the Sheep Ranch. It, it used to be an old course where you, before they built the, uh, they had like three or four of the courses built and they had the Sheep Ranch. It was like nine holes that uh, a couple of the designers had put just there for, uh, for the owner of the, for the owner of the, of the uh, property. And he, they turned it into a course in, I think it was May, 2020, 2020, they turned it into a full on course and it is the most beautiful place. So yes, 75, I shot 37 on the front and 38 on the back. And on the back I had, one, two bogeys and two birdies. So it was really, that was my best round of the, of the trip. But man, was the weather beautiful and it was just fun. The company was amazing. So yeah, I had such a lovely time up abandoned. And by the way, they just did a, uh, they just did a ranking of the top resorts in the country. And of course, uh, Bandon was the number one, I do believe. And then Cabot, uh, Cabot, uh, Kate Brennan is up in Nova Scotia was like really highly ranked as well. So a bunch of those uh, Mike Kaiser abandoned dune courses are really ranked high in the country. Nova at, Scotia at, at resort. Nova, you must, Nova you Scotia. Must, you must only be able to play there like three or four weeks, uh, three or four months a year. Well, I think the yeah, I think he, I think he probably gets the good weather, right? Woody, it's probably like May through now. Well, we just had that big storm come to Nova Scotia, which hopefully didn't know, watch Her- half the course away. Hurricane yeah. Lee. Hurricane Lee. Yeah, we, it was a like good week. It was a good week for our, for our friend Lee. Our friend Lee uh, Lee Fuller. Uh, got engaged this weekend. You saw her. I, yeah. I texted her to uh, wish her congratulations. So uh, yeah, did she send you a picture of us we took together? I no? did. I did see the picture. Yeah, good couple. Good couple, huh? Yeah. Well, I told I told her we had to we had to, we had to you know, meet meet this guy. We have to approve of him. Yeah, he's a he seems like a lovely guy. Yeah, real lovely. I mean, she's a lovely girl, right? She's fantastic. Yeah, she is. Does she need some simmer, Jim? No. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't, maybe he's going to need some stimmer, Jen. I don't know. Yeah. You said he was using, you said he looked like he was using some steroid, Jen. Yeah. I mean, he's a big guy. He's must he's hulked, he's hulked up. You don't meet that brother in the alley. Especially if you mess with his girlfriend, he'd probably beat you into a new one. Oh, geez. Well, let's see. Nice guy. Really like, they were out playing, they were playing on, they were playing pickleball at Waverly. I think she's getting big time, Rich. Pickleball. They seem too young to play pickleball. Lee, Lee is Lee is about 30, 31. I, well, all of her friends were playing pickleball 
I won't say what one girl looked like she had a lot of pickles, but the other girls were odd. You were in a good shape. I like to go play pickleball with them, but I didn't get invited. So it's okay. Pickleball's fun, but but uh, yeah. as long as I can still play singles tennis with some degree of uh, success, I'm going to stick to singles tennis. Absolutely. Um, all right. So you shot a 75. How'd you do on Bandon? Band? Oh, Bandon. What did I shoot on Bandon? Well, I started off, oh, the first round of Bandon, I shot 83. Uh, I played well the first round of band. The second round of band, it wasn't nice. And Pacific is one of the tougher ones. I shot 89 on Pacific in the first day. I was, in the second day, I was not good. It was uh, I hit a lot of bunkers, and I was ter- terrible getting out of the bunkers. I don't know why. The sand's a little different, but, man, it's just one good walk spoiled out there. It's beautiful. Well, that's, that's yeah. awesome. And um, Old McDonald, my favorite course, I was not very good on Old McDonald the last day. So. And it's my favorite course. The Sheet Ranch Old McDonald, my favorite one. Well, uh it was in, in kind of other news, other sports. Uh, uh, so far this NFL season, it's been a better two weeks for uh, my Washington Commanders than it has been for your Chargers. Although I still did think they the fire Chargers, him today. What's that? Did they fire him today? Staley? Uh, no. But yeah. Apparently, he's, his, the Chargers have lost some incredible amount of double-digit leads since Staley's been the coach. Yeah, like that last uh, playoff game where they were beating Jacksonville. Yeah, like that one. Like that. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that team. I tell you, I mean, they, they paid that guy. They they're paying our guy too much money not to uh, win games. So you know, we got a big time quarterback. Well, well, my Commanders were down twenty-one to three. Looked lost. Uh, looked like they were going to get boat raced by the by the Denver Broncos, and then came back, had an eleven point lead, and almost had the game tied in the last second on a hail mary. But Denver missed a two point conversion. That might have been pass interference, and, and Washington goes to two and zero. Oh. But here's here's the weirdest thing. And Denver's zero and two, right? Denver's zero and two. But here's the weirdest thing from the weekend. I, I mean, I thought this this was you know uh, really cool. But the principal owner for the Washington for the Washington Commanders is uh, Josh Harris. The second owner is Mitchell Rails. Okay, so I'd already heard. I mean, Washington D.C is a small, I mean, it's really a small community. I mean, especially when I was growing up in Washington, D.C., it wasn't, it was a big city, but it wasn't a big city because a lot of the people there were transients. But the people who actually yeah. lived in D.C., it wasn't like there were, you know, millions and millions of D.C. natives. So it was yeah. a small community, especially I lived in Montgomery County, Maryland. It's, it, you know, there were connections. So you live uh, close to, uh, you live close to Marion Barry? To Marion Barry. <laughs> yeah, I just had to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, Marion Barry lived downtown. Uh, he lived downtown. He lived downtown. But anyway, so Mitchell Rails, who uh, is the is uh, the second, you know, uh, biggest investor in the team, I apparently, you know, knew or you know met Mitchell Rails because he played softball on my cousin Ron's fast pitch softball team, and he was because uh, according to my cousin Ron, he was the best hitter on the team. My, my Ron was the was the pitcher. Uh, again, fast pitch, not slow pitch softball, but Mitchell Rails is apparently an outstanding athlete uh, and was a great uh, fast pitch softball player. Okay, so the main owner is this guy, Josh Harris, who's my age. Mitchell Rails is older. So I'm, I'm watching the Commanders game, and uh, one of the guys I follow on Twitter, X, and who actually follows me, is the actor Jeffrey Wright. You know, you know Jeffrey Wright is. Yeah. Jeffrey yeah. Wright from, I mean, he was in Shaft. He was in Angels yeah. of America. 
Uh, he's Felix Leiter in all the recent James Bond movies. Uh, Westworld, Bernard and Westworld. I, I mean, really one of the fine actors of our generation. Actually, just yeah. good in everything. Uh, I went to school with Jeffrey Wright uh, at St. Albans School in Washington, D.C. Oh, he went to St. Albans. He went to St. Albans. Jeffrey Wright. Same year, huh? Jeffrey Wright came in my sixth grade year. Uh, he was in. He was at St. Albans. I, I, I. My parents left after ninth grade, so I went to school for four years. Six. They moved, seven, him, they moved you to Dixieland. Yeah, moved to moved to Richmond. <laughs> so I, I was in school for sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And Jeffrey Wright was. I mean, we weren't best friends, but we were friends. And uh, but we also both went to a camp in West Virginia called uh, Camp Minnehaha. That was the name of the camp. And I went because uh, one of my one of I. Uh, the year before, my parents sent me to sleepaway camp the year before, which I think was probably my fifth grade year. And they went to a camp that was suggested by one of my cousins in Philadelphia. Well, this camp was a bunch, was full, uh, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend anybody. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish, but I'm not particularly religious. I didn't grow, I went to Episcopalian schools. This camp I went to uh, in, I guess, it, I don't know, it was in Pennsylvania somewhere, was full of New York and Philadelphia Jewish kids who were just way different than me. I was kind of mellow and, you know, they, I didn't like it. They didn't like me. I didn't fit in. So my parents apologized. They said, you know, we're sorry we sent you to this camp. We know you were miserable. Let's send you to someplace with your, with your, with your really good friend, Herbie Niles, uh, Camp Minnehaha. And Jeff Wright was there too. So, yes. So anyway, I, I went for one year. I think they went for several years. I stopped going to, I, I started going to tennis camps because I was playing competitive tennis and my, and my parents were going to send me to tennis camps. But anyway, Jeff Wright in this game, he's a big commanders fan. He's tweeting and I, and I, you know, commented on one of his tweets and he, and he writes back to me uh, and he says, Rich, do you remember the Harrises from Camp Minnehaha? And I'm like, no. And apparently Josh Harris and his brother were at Camp Minnehaha with us. Oh, so wow. I probably knew Josh Harris when I was in sixth grade. Right. Camp uh, Haha. Camp Minnehaha. Who was Minnehaha anyway? Who uh, was famous? Uh, uh, I don't know. They weren't Chinese. Slave owner? Something, something <laughs> Native American. Yeah, okay. Something Native American. But anyway, uh, yeah, so so Jeffrey said that that Josh Harris's brother is like his lifelong friend. They, they were cabin mates and, wow. they, and they stayed friends and that, you know, he's talked to the Harrises since they since they bought the team. Oh, what a terrible interception thrown by Kenny Pickett. What, what is this guy? What's he doing now, your friend? Jeff Wright? Well, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's just a successful oh, actor. He's an actor. That's right, Jeff Wright. Yeah, that's he's right. He's successful. That. Uh, he's, I mean, he really is one of the best actors in Hollywood. One of these guys. I mean, you guys, are the, this guy was in camp with you, huh? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. He is a bunch of famous guys in the camp. Jeez. I, I know. I mean, in a cabin, there's there's Jeffrey Wright, former our future Tony winning uh, actor, Jeffrey Wright, uh, future owner of like three sports teams, Josh Harris. And Josh and, Harris, how did he make all of his money? Uh, finance. He come from a rich family or no? I don't think so. No, I think he's just oh, smart. Wow. I think he's just smart. Wow. And, and, Where do you go uh, to undergrad? Do you go to Harvard or he went Yale? To Penn, I think. He's a Wharton school. Oh, you can. Oh, Wharton school. Uh, and and modestly successful neurosurgeon Rich Poland, who has a golf podcast. So uh, yeah, isn't that amazing? Who, who, who would have known? Who I know. Known? Ask Jeffrey Wright to come on our uh, podcast one time. We could talk about the Harris one. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'll have to see if Jeffrey Wright has knows anything about <laughs> golf. Uh, yeah, see if he wants to come awful, and talk about some awfully, movies, upcoming movies. He was an awfully nice guy. I mean, he was just a, a really nice, you know, yeah, he was a good guy. 
that's a great story, actually. Yeah, that's pretty cool that that, that I yeah, crossed paths with cool. both Josh Josh, uh, Josh Harris and Mitchell and, Rails. Wow. And Mitchell and, Rails. Wow. So that's Mitchell that's Rails. my story. That's my story for today. Did now I we didn't see we were we were out uh, having dinner. You were very kind. You took me out to dinner for my birthday. It was uh, pretty good. You know what? I forgot. We forgot to get the ramen. How did we not offer get the ramen? I don't uh, know how we forgot that one. They have good ramen. Uh, but Boy, those sushi. hand rolls are good, though. Those, those are those are good. But we didn't get to see the Colorado Colorado State game, which was amazing. Oh. Double double overtime. Double and that nasty hit they put on that nasty. kid that was terrible. Well, you know they've got to legislate that out of football. There was a, there was a there was a hit yesterday in the Denver Washington game where Logan Thomas, our, our our tight end, made an amazing catch but got knocked out of the game with a concussion by this guy, and he did the same thing last week. He's a safety for Denver. He put a guy out of the game with a concussion last week. I mean, it just no. You, you know, Rich, I, I think in football, they got to protect, you know, how they, they got to protect the passer. They got to protect these guys. I mean, if a guy is going down, there's no need for some asshole to come jump on the pile. I think that should be a big penalty. And that way, guys won't get hurt. When a guy's defenseless and going down, and some guy at the last minute comes and jumps on the pile, it doesn't, with his head, it makes no sense. The guy's going down, he's not going to get up and run. I think they need to start protecting these guys after. You know those, those those should be big big, big penalties. At least fifteen. They should make it a twenty-five yard penalty on asshole who comes and jumps in the pile when the guy's going down already. If I, they did it, they a lot of those injuries would not occur in this, in this game. I agree with you. I think it's an artificial thing that uh, that the longest penalty is fifteen yards. But I do. I will. Yeah. I will credit the officials in this game yesterday. They they kicked this guy right out of the game. I think if you if there's an illegal hit like that and a guy gets knocked out of the game. The, the guy who makes the hit should be out of the game. He should be out of the game, and he should can be half and only come, can only play the second half of the next game. I think they need to do it and do they, and they find him like crazy. College. That they do in college. Yeah. All right. That's well, what they should do. Well, let's yeah. let's let's get into golf. But before we start the the real golf, uh, I just wanted to say uh, we wish uh, Gary Woodland uh, all the best. So Gary Woodland, former uh, U.S. Open champion at Pebble Beach. Uh, he, I think Gary Woodland may be on, may have been on a president's. He's never been on the Ryder Cup. May have been on a President's Cup team, and I think uh, not. He's never been on a Ryder Cup team. Gary Woodland had brain surgery today. From what I've read, it's probably a pituitary surgery, Stacy, because okay. he said he they tried him on medicines before doing the surgery, which usually yeah. means that it was a pituitary tumor, and they tried him on uh, uh, medicines before operating on him. Before doing, yeah. They probably would. They try to shrink the tumor or something. Try to, try to shrink the tumor. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but he had his surgery. What a good guy! He's all time good guy, Gary. All time good guy. Oh. He's the guy who who like who uh, had the relationship with the uh, 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 with with the young girl who was a golfer, Down syndrome girl who was a golfer, and took her. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Gary Woods yeah, is a good guy. Cool. And so he probably had a pituitary surgery. One of one of my specialties, if anyone's listening out there, yeah. or someone with a pituitary tumor. I've done more pituitary, you know, surgeries than the vast majority of neurosurgeons. But anyway, uh, uh, wish wishing Gary Woodland all the best. Yeah. Another thing, strong another recovery. Th He'll be back for next season, I would assume, I right? If yeah. If if that's right, if it was a pituitary surgery, it was probably done endoscopically, and he should be back next season. Uh, okay, good. I also, I mean, he also, played. He played pretty well this last yeah, past season. He didn't have a. He didn't have a bad bad year. Not not you know, yeah. great year, but he you know he topped. He was in the playoffs. And uh, Gary Willen's like one of those guys. After you win a major, I think he had a little downer off yeah, winning that did, major, right? The the, the yeah. Trevor Immelman, 
Danny Willett. Yeah. You know. Um, and yeah. hey, for anybody anybody who didn't hear our interview last week with Brian Dalrymple, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag it on to the end of this episode. It, you know, if you're if you're going to the Ryder Cup or want to watch the Ryder Cup, uh, listening to Brian Dalrymple who did the drone shots for Marco Simone. Uh, <coughs> is is a must listen to he was he was fantastic. yes please tag it on i'm gonna listen to all of our podcasts the last ones i missed on my trip when i'm on the plane and i'm sleeping well, I'm, so, gonna, I'm gonna listen to all of our well, stuff so we can get the content ready so what we're gonna do today is we're gonna we're gonna review the, the the tournaments that took place this week we're going to preview the solheim cup and we're going to give you who we think uh the pods are going to be for both teams uh for marco simone but uh before that i'm gonna do our ad stacy uh we are sponsored uh by Stimmerjam. And, uh, you know, as a neurosurgeon, I'm always looking for innovative technologies to improve the health and lives of my patients. And that's why we, I, we have partnered with Stemmergen. That's S-T-E-M-R-E-G-E-N, which is a natural plant-based stem cell enhancer, enhancer. And we've all heard of stem cells. They're the, they're the body's kind of reserve of cells that can differentiate and go to, you know, uh, turn into cells for repair, whatever the body needs. And I remember the first time I heard about stem cell injections, it was Kobe Bryant getting stem cell injections in his knee. But professional uh, athletes go to places and get expensive stem cell injections to repair and improve their performance uh, because these stem cells have enormous regenerative potential. Well, the, the fact of the matter is you have you know, millions and millions of stem cells just kind of hanging out in your body. And the older you get, the fewer of them that are circulating in your body. Stemmergen works because it harnesses the power of your own stem cells. It's a unique blend, a blend of plant extracts that releases more of your own stem cells into your, uh, into your uh, stored in your bone marrow, into your circulation. Uh, and data has shown that there's a direct link to the number of stem cells in circulation and the ability of your body to stay healthy Stemmergen has studies showing uh, improvements in cardiac function on Stemmergen. It's actually pretty amazing. Um, yeah, so like if you're interested, uh, now I got this wrong last week. Last week was our first week where uh, our buddy Brian Greenleaf had given us the for formal commercial that the website for Stemmergen is stemmergen.co, not stemmergen.com. I thought he was a typo, but it's stemmergen, S-T-E-M-R-E-G-E-N.co to learn more. And if you sign up, you get 15% off your first order using the discount code POLIN, my name, my last name, P-O-L-I-N, at checkout. So that's stemmergen.co, put in code POLIN, and you get 15% off your uh, first order. And uh, yeah. Stemmergen. Come on. All right. Let's get, I need some more Brian Greenleaf. You need some more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what did, more what, what did it help with, Stacy? Uh, <laughs> I guess my hair, my hair, my hair is growing. <laughs> all right, my hair is growing, man. Yeah, Got hair growing all over the place. Stimmerden cream on 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 the follicles. All right, so so we had we had uh, some really good fun golf tournaments this weekend, and. Uh, a breakthrough performance on wow. the PGA Tour and on the on the DP World Tour. Uh, I think what's going to be a springboard for uh, for a for a Ryan Fox getting his first Presidents Cup uh, 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 selection 
next year. I think he he was yeah. the, he was the guy. He should have made it last year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there seemed to be a bias. Trevor Emelin seemed to have a bias towards PGA Tour players as opposed to uh, guys on on the DP Tour. I think Ryan Fox probably should have made it last year. Yeah, over. I mean, Ryan Fox is literally one of the better players. On, you know, because you and I watch a lot of DP Tour. He was one of the better players in that league last year. But now on the now. He's going to be a full-time player on the PGA Tour now because he's qualified for it, right? I well, I don't know. We'll we'll see what he does. Uh, yeah, he's played a few tournaments on the PGA Tour this year, but he's definitely qualified. It's he, a, it's a matter. He of what played he, great for all the majors. He played great for all the majors last. I mean, last year, I think he made the cut in every major, and he and he played pretty well. So yeah, I mean, he's going to be a good player. But it depends on which one. I mean, of course, he wants to make his full. He's going to make his base here in 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 the state. This is where you make the money. All right. Well, let's 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 start on the PGA Tour. So uh, yeah. this was the. It's different. I mean, this is the this is the wraparound season, but this tournament still counted for points towards last year because they were talking about how guys still need to get into the top one twenty five from last year to keep their cards. Yeah. So so this was the Fortinet. Uh, Max Homa was the two-time defending champion, and two of the U.S. Ryder Cup players were in this tournament. None of the U.S. Ryder Cup players were playing in Europe at the bigger name tournament, but Max Homa as yeah. a two-time defending champion played. And uh, and Justin Thomas played just because he hasn't played in a while. Yeah, he played pretty well. Except yesterday. Until Sunday, yeah. yeah. Average. But, very average yesterday. But the winner... Uh, is a guy that we've oh, been talking. We've been, you know, we started talking about uh, Sahith Tagala yeah. probably about two years ago, as and well when, when he came out of Pepperdine as one of the top college players, one of the top ranked amateurs in the world, and and you know Sahith Tagala has game. Uh, I mean, he does. I mean, you want to hear his resume, Rich? Yeah. The resume is impeccable. I mean, this guy has a beautiful. I'm trying to find it in between your ex girlfriend, all the pictures. Trying to find it. Let's see. God, I think I might have not. So, so last. So oh, sorry. Keep going. In the 2022 season, Sahith Tagala always seemed to be at the top of the leaderboard and just kind of fade a little bit on Sunday. He was kind of he was kind of the rookie Tony Finau, right before Tony Finau started to win. Uh, and so we all figured that he was going to have a step forward year in 2023, but it really didn't happen. He didn't have as many top 10 finishes, and. Uh, was I think he finished around number number twenty two or twenty three in the Ryder Cup standings? Kind of a disappointing overall year for Sahith Tagala. Uh, but well, he missed that last cut. He missed that last putt. Remember on eighteen, he made bogey, and if he didn't make bogey, he would have made the Tour Championship, right? That's right. And then if you make the Tour Championship, you get into all the major events, all the. All the events, right? But still, not not a bad. I mean, here are his statistics from the year. He was 38th in scoring average, 15th in birdie percentage, 36 in shots gained total, 86 in shots gained on approach, 27th shots gained putting. Uh, where he didn't do well is greens and regulation. He was 137th in greens and regulation. But you know, a pretty good year all around. But just not what we expected. We really, I kind of expected what you know. Uh, the Lucas Aberg, you know, you know that he would win some tournaments this year, and 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 until yeah. until Sunday he didn't. But he really dominated. He dominated this tournament, didn't he? He really did, huh? And he's a California kid, right? This is a California tournament, Napa, 
Uh, I mean, it was amazing, Rich. Listen to like his family. I mean, his dad's such a proud guy. What a smart guy. His dad's a tennis pro. You hear his dad came over. He was at he went to University of Kansas or Masters, and then he was he was tennis was his game, and then they moved to California, had Sagitz, and then uh, and it's just a beautiful story. He always would put the number one player in the world. They always hang a banner over the kid's room, and you know about being the best player in the world. And this kid turned out to be Haskins Award winner, Player of the Year. He, he's like won all these awards. You know, at uh, Pepperdine, just a really—I think he's probably one of the best players in the in the country for a while. Well, maybe not the top and top number one player in the world, but he's highly ranked as an amateur. So, what a great career so far! And six years old. Did you see that picture of him and Allison Corpus? Because I noticed no, I when Allison Corpus won, they they both they were good family friends. They he, they won the U.S. Junior Amateur six years old, both of them. Oh, that's fantastic. such a cute photo. Yeah, it's a cute photo. Those two. I think there's a there's a very good chance that Sahith Sagala will be playing on the next Presidents Cup team next year. Uh, yeah, I, I think like Tony Finau, this is, might be a springboard for him, and and good for him. He yeah. he should be. He's got the talent to be on these teams for a long time. Uh, he so, really does. I mean, just think of the cup changing of the guard in America. I mean, you could have Sahith Sagala's plan. You could have all these other younger players, the Pearson we, Cody we, kids playing. I mean, come forget, on, we, we might for, be changing. We forget about Will Zalatoris because he's injured. Will Zalatoris yeah. was, had an amazing year last year before his injury. Amazing. That's true. He's, yeah. he's still in his mid-20s, right? He's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he'll be back next year. I saw some some video of him out on the course with Tiger. Uh, and yeah, you see Tiger. Everybody's worried about Tiger hitting shots. He was hitting left-handed. The guy's like, he can hit any club. He can hit any type of ball with any type of club, left or right-handed, backwards or whatever. He was looking good, Tiger. So Sagit Tagala wins. S.H. Kim, a young Korean, finishes second. Uh, Cam Davis, uh, the Australian, who's you know really fine player, was on the last Presidents Cup team. He's third. Eric Cole, what a great, what a great story. Eric Cole, you know, rookie of the year, yeah. journeyman to rookie of the year, seemed to always be on the leaderboards last year, and he's he keeps it up. First tournament, you know, after the Tour Championship, Eric Cole finishes fourth. Justin Thomas. 69, 67, 65, but then 72 on Sunday. He's solo fifth, so it's a good good performance for Justin Thomas. Yeah. Brendan Todd sixth, Troy Merritt and Max Homa, uh, two-time defending champion here, and Callum Tarum and uh, Matt, Matt Kuchar are all tied seventh. Anything else, anything yeah. else from, from, from the format? No, you know what? I was just, I mean, Matt Homa, Played a little better. Uh, Justin Thomas is playing. He's kind of he might be he come, he's coming in the form. Um, the Australian kid Davis Cam Davis played great. He was really good. But just I mean I, it was amazing, Rich. I love seeing like the um, the Tagala family. Like they're there. I mean they were, everyone's like they're so happy. They're so into it. And then I saw a picture of his girlfriend. She looked like she was a diver at uh, I guess she was on the swim or dive team at uh, Pepperdine. So it was a nice, it was a nice story. What a good story! You know what the best Just a you know super the, nice guy. The best thing about this tournament is that they is that they played it late because it was on the West Coast, which meant yeah. I could watch I could watch the entire Commanders Broncos game and then watch like the last nine holes of this tournament on one TV yeah, while I watch while I watch Sunday Night Football Miami and and New England on the other TV. So I thought that was great. Isn't that great? Yeah, that was really good. I mean, I enjoyed watching down the stretch. I even watched the replay a little last night because Rich and I went out and I got home late. I didn't get home like two thirty. Rich, I don't know what happened. Uh, the Ubers never came, so I got home. Yeah, oh, no, on Saturday night? I got home late. <laughs> yeah, did you come Saturday by, night? Did you go home by yourself. Uh, yes, I did. 
I went home alone. But I waited for Melissa and those guys. They left, and then all of a sudden, I waited for my Uber for like 30 minutes. It was, oh, it was busy that night, and I got home. You should have just come to my place and crashed there. I should have just crashed at your house. Yeah, it was terrible, man. I got home pretty late, oh, and then I had to get up to have a brunch with some friends at 11 o'clock, and I did that for a couple hours, came home, and I slept on the couch from like 2 to 5, and I got up and did one of my applications for grad school and started work on some other interviewing things I have to do. So yeah, it was a good night. I think I, I, I went home at like one fifteen, one thirty. I had to get up to play tennis the next morning, but I felt I, I had cold or something and I could barely play. I only played for about 45 minutes. And, oh, really? Uh, oh, man. Out, yeah. Wait, well, hey, yeah. before, before we go on to the DP tour, did you see the report that Sergio Garcia volunteered to pay $700,000 in fines so that he could participate in the Ryder Cup? I guess he had. Second, I guess he had second thoughts about you know being on the on you know being excluded from the Ryder Cup because you know Sergio Garcia more than almost anybody else had given the middle finger to the tours, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess Sergio had second thoughts, uh, and he said he was willing to pay seven hundred thousand dollars in fines in order to be what I assume would be a vice captain. And they said, "Yeah, no thanks, Sergio." But no. Yeah, no <laughs> I, thanks. I love it. Yeah, well, that's what you get by going to take that dirty, well, that money, and he yeah. should be happy. He's, he's, his record will never be broken, probably, but he won't. It, he won't be able to put it out of reach for people that might come behind him. That's the thing. Okay, well, while the uh, PGA Tour was in California with two Ryder Cuppers, but mostly a you know a not a second class field. The DP World Tour had one of their marquee tournaments, the BMW PGA Championship, played uh, as it is, uh, I believe, every year at, at Wentworth Golf Club in Surrey, England. Yep. And all 12, all 12 of the European Ryder Cuppers were there. And let me tell you, yep. let me tell you, they're in form. They are in form, these guys. I think there was, yeah, only, I mean, I think there was yeah. only one guy. Let me, let me look. There was only one guy who didn't make the I cut. Mean, I I have the numbers. I have the players, how they all rank. Uh, so Terrell Hatton, 17 under, finishing second. John Rahm, 16 under, finishing third, fourth. Victor Hovland, 15 and fifth. Tommy Fleetwood, 14 and sixth. Rory, 13 under and seventh. Seth Shaka, 10th, uh, minus 12. Lucas Aberg, 10th, uh, minus 12. Shane Lowry, 18th. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 18th. And Kuiper, 18th with Shane Lowry. And Justin Rose, 36th. Oh, and even Nicholas Hoygaard. Yep. Nicholas Hoygaard was terrible on Thursday and came back and made the cut on Friday. He finished tied 64th, but at, okay. least, at least he made the cut. He played four rounds. So did they all make a cut? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And you Who probably didn't have Hoygaard. Hoygaard. I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have Hoygaard, yeah. Because yeah, he one, was so two. far behind. So far behind, but I mean, yeah. really. Every, I had. They all played well, except I mean, you could say Robert McIntyre and Nikolai Hoygaard didn't play well, but yeah, they, yeah. their their team is is certainly in form. I, their team, the European uh, team, I agree. Don't want to be a homer. Uh, they are they are in form. It's it's you know I looked on uh, my bookie to see the odds, and the U.S. team is favored. I'm I'm I think I'm going to put a little money on the European side to win because I think they are going to win. I think I'm going to put some money on the European side to win, and I think I'm going to put on close, maybe 15, uh, 15 to 13 or 14 and a half, uh, 13 and a half, something like that. That's, that's my point. And, and, the, and the captain finished at top for 36. He finished better than uh, Robert McIntyre and Rasmus Hogarth. 
So they finished at 45th. Zach Johnson missed the cut in, in Napa. So. Zach Johnson, well, he was thinking about uh, how to win the Ryder Cup. Does he stay around and watch Justin Thomas, or does he go home? I'm sure he stuck around. He, he was he was thinking about how to keep his hat on for the entire Ryder Cup so nobody can see that. He's his done. hair looks good. You see that? He's done something with the hair. He must have done some plugs or something. Oh, Maybe he used a Simmergen. Because he, he, he had a bigger bald spot than Tiger. Oh, yeah. No, it looks good. So I was listening to uh, Gravy and the Sleeves, and they were talking about it the other day how good his hair looks without a hat. And they were like, wow, he's doing something real good with that hair of his. Yeah, so he must be doing uh, – he must be doing some kind of implant. Well, it's not natural because Zach was looking, he was looking pretty <laughs> haggard there. Uh, oh my God. Well, congratulations to Ryan Fox. I mean, Ryan what a Fox. guy. Yeah. Ryan he's Fox. He's 36 years old and he was kind of a journeyman yeah. until about two or three years ago. And then he just starts winning yeah. tournaments, right? Look at his record, Rich. Fourth career DP, a world tour win. First player from New Zealand, New Zealand to win on the P, to win the PGA uh, BMW PGA Champion. First player from New Zealand to win a Rolex Series event, and the best previous finish in the event is tied for twins in, in, in twenty twenty. After six previous starts, what are what 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 a good resume he's got building for himself, and he's yeah. a good player. He's a good player. He right. really looks like a guy who can just knock down a wall, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a big he's a big man. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's a big man. All right. So uh, the Champions Tour, uh, Champions Tour, the tournament was, where's the play? It was won by Steve Stricker, who seems to win about two out of three tournaments that he enters. This guy's won everything. Yeah, he doesn't enter very many tournaments, but when he does enter, he generally wins. He's he's like, he's like, like, I don't drink, I don't always drink beer, but when I do, it's Dos Equis. Well, Steve Stricker's, I don't always play in the Champions Tour, but when I do, I win. Guess what the name of this tournament was? Guess what it's called? Oh, guess what course they played the tournament on? The you would never guess. The mini The mini. The mini ha ha The mini ha ha country club, and it's in Sioux Falls. So yeah, so I, obviously I not, it is a Native not, American. Yeah, I did not go to camp in in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You went to the made up uh, mini ha ha. Camp. They felt bad about the. Well, there are a lot know, of there. There are a lot of Native. Well, let's put it this way: the Native Americans in South Dakota were probably sent to South Dakota from Virginia and West Virginia true. by our country. Uh, At least they didn't go to the. At least they didn't go to Georgia or North Carolina or South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Steve Stricker wins by a shot over KJ Choi, uh, three over Joe Durant, four over the ageless Bernard Longer. Uh, Paul Stankowski and Alex Cheka tied fifth. The Englishman Paul Broadhurst tied seventh. And wow, John Daly tied seventh. The top ten for John Daly. Way to go! Wow. Way to go! Uh, with Way to David, go, with David Toms uh, tied seventh, and then the rest of the top ten: Kirk Triplett and Robert Carlson. Matt Matt Gogol. Matt Gogol, a Northern California kid. He's starting to play out there now. He's not on TV anymore, huh? I, I guess not. I'm looking to. I always look to see if there's any new names on here. You know who just turned fifty, uh, but I don't. I don't see anybody who's obviously new. Did you? You know what I like? Uh, you watch Golf Channel, right? Were you watching yesterday afternoon? Uh, the, I love the mustache of uh, what's the guy's name that oh, he Johnson looks like Wagner. Mario Brothers. Johnson, Johnson Wagner. Wagner. What a Mario Brothers looking mustache! I love it. Johnson Wagner went to it. Virginia. I always like. I always rooted for Johnson Wagner. He went to Virginia. Do UVA? No, he went to Vatech. You, uh, Virginia oh, Tech. Virginia he's, Tech. A, I didn't he's know a hokey, hokey, yeah. hokey, hokey high. Yeah. Hokey, hokey. Wow. Yeah, it's great. That's a great mustache. It's a mustache of all time. But what a tournament! I mean, he's, I'm I'm enjoying watching some of the seniors. 
I mean, I don't, I don't watch a ton of it, but I, a PGA, I watch a load of it though. I just like watching it because they're all the guys we grew up watching, right? Yeah. Now they're starting to, the Tim O'Neill guy, you see that guy? He's starting to play good out there, Tim O'Neill. He's finished at 58. I didn't really, I didn't realize Tim O'Neill was 50 already, you know? Already 50. Boo, we- Boo, Weekly. Sorry, he did. Boo Weekly just turned 50. He just made it. He just went on tour. Oh, he did? Yeah. Yeah, wow. I guess with his I didn't realize knees, Tim O'Neill. With his arthritic knees, he's not going to be riding a horse anymore. He'll, be, he'll, he'll pretend like he's on an electric scooter. <laughs> well, you know, this uh, 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 heads up to Jackson State. That's where Tim O'Neill went to college. Jackson State, that's the home of, uh, ex-home of uh, prime time. Prime yeah. time. Prime Jackson time. State. That's right. Jackson State. That's right. Wow. All right. Well, yep. uh, I think the, those are the only the, – the LPGA was off because they are preparing for the yep. Solheim Cup. And the Live – you know, it's interesting. I, the Live plays this week. Oh shit! Sorry. Is that is that is that mystery music for the for for trying to yeah. find the live tour because it's on the CD yeah. and nobody watches it? Oh, Are God. they playing this week? They're playing this week, uh, but I wonder if Brooks Kepka has to play. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, he better play. He should play. Are they going to make Brooks Kepka play on the live tour this week? What are you doing? Well, oh, Rich, he game? hasn't played in. He hasn't played. I, I'm not doing anything. Is there anything going no, on? No, that was me. That was that was my phone. Hey, Rich, he's not. He hasn't played in a long time. Dude. He needs to play a little. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, you can't run him out there. Do you really want to play the week before the Ryder Cup? Uh, I think he needs to do something. At least it's only. I mean, at least it's only three rounds. But it's going to be interesting. And I I, I don't. I don't know if he's. If he's. uh, I don't know if he's. You think they're going to run him out there or no? Um, I don't know. I I I really don't know. I, I think probably by contract he he needs to play. I don't think there's any exceptions. Do you know, I got, there was a tweet that came out from one of these live, live golf nation or live golf tracking says, says something like everybody's excited for the live events and nobody wants to watch the boring Ryder cup. You know, it said oh, something like oh, that. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, and I wrote back to him and I said, I said, all right, you let's, let's, let's see, let's have a bet. You take the Sunday ratings for, uh, for the live golf championship for the live final, final event. And I'll take the ratings for uh, I'll take the ratings for uh, the Ryder Cup Sunday, and whoever gets the highest, I'll bet you ten thousand dollars. And I uh, you know, yeah, I didn't hear anything back from the guy. Yeah, I said, no, I, said, I don't if think... you lose, if you lose, your Saudi overlords will probably give you the money. <laughs> I love it. Nobody's gonna. Watch. I mean, I'm not. I, well, I won't be able to watch it because I want to be. I don't think there's a CW in uh, Germany, right? Ah, uh, no, no. Oh, but by the way, uh, I'm just on Sunday night next week in Germany. We're gonna be in Germany next. How week. are you gonna watch the Redskins? Uh, I found I found a sports bar. Oh, okay, yeah, I we'll go online. watch them. Yeah, I looked online and found a sports bar. Yeah, uh, the, the next Sunday when we're in Rome, for you know, forget about it. But but next but uh, the, the next Sunday. I'm finding a sports bar in Berlin. Football's big in, in Germany. They have two games in Oh, Frankfurt you see that. We're like one we're one week late and they're having they're playing in Berlin, right? You see they're the teams are playing? They're playing in Frankfurt the next week. Frankfurt. Pl- I'm sorry, yeah, Frankfurt. That's what I meant. Frankfurt, yeah. They're Frankfurt. playing in Frankfurt, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, right. I still gotta get my hotel on, on Friday for Frankfurt. I haven't done that yet. I don't know what I've been doing. Well, been preoccupied. <laughs> and and are you staying an extra night after me in Rome? Did, did you just yeah, I have to sit. No, just... I'm coming back. I'm flying from on Monday when you leave. I'm flying to uh, Frankfurt, stay a night in Frankfurt, and I leave the next Tuesday night. I got I'll you. be home Tuesday night. Yeah. I got you. All right. 
So, Stacy. Uh, so again, we're going to at the end of this uh, episode, we're gonna I'm gonna put our interview with uh, Brian Dalrymple again, uh, who just just to remind everybody did the drone flights for the Golf Channel, and he was absolutely fascinating. It was a it was I could not cannot say how how much fun I had talking to Brian and how much insight he had about uh, drone uh, the the use of drones in extreme sports and golf but also about this course. He's a golfer and, and he had really kind of, he really went into aspects of this course and, and how it's gonna influence the Ryder Cup. He told us where we ought to you know, go. It's, it's a great interview. All right, but yeah, we're, gonna do our, we're gonna do our Solheim Cup preview. So yep. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go since you know so much more about women's golf. I wrote some stuff down, but I'm gonna let you start. You want me to start with the parents or the girls on the team? We don't care about that. We just wanna start with the parents. Uh, oh, have they already come out with it or? No, I'm just going to make my, I thought we were, are we it. talking about the people? Yeah. So are we talking did. about the people on the team or what do we want to do? Well, I thought first we'd just talk about who was on the team and I, I, yeah, don't, let's know do enough, it. Yeah. I don't know enough about women's golf to, to go over pairings, but, uh, okay. Tell us about, tell us about, um, you want to do the U S team first or the European team first? Uh, let's do the U S team. First, okay. Of course. We get the Americans. We love the Americans. Come on. Okay. And we love the Europe too. Uh, okay. I love some. I love Charlie Hall. That's who I love. Oh yeah. Okay. So the U.S. team. This is a really good team. Interesting team. You know what? I'm, what? What? What uh, intrigues me the most are the captains. So Stacy Lewis is the captain. Alice, Al, uh, Angela Stanford is the vice captain. Morgan Pretzel. Can you guess who the third vice captain is? Take a wild guess. Uh, Michelle Wee. No, I'll give you a name. I'll give you letters of the city she's from. It starts with an F and ends with an O. And it's in California. Uh, I'm trying to think who the, who the last... Who's from Fresno, Fresno that from, you know? Who's from Fresno? Yeah. Uh, uh, Rick uh, Watney. Uh, Watney's from Watney. Fresno, right? My, my, my good friend Rick O'Rourke's from Fresno. Uh, Natalie Goldberg. Natalie Goldberg is one of the vice captains. That's interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good captain. She gets the pick. They still like it. Stacey Lewis, they must be really good friends or something. So, But I tell you, Rich, this team is really good. I, I think the American team is young. You know, we got the number one ranked player in the world, Lilia Vu, who's been fantastic. I mean, she's 25 years old. She's a, I think she's a USC or UCLA graduate. Then you have Nellie Corda, number. We have the number one player in the world, first player in the world, number one ranked player. We have the number two ranked player, Nellie Corda. Then we have Allison Corpus, who's number eight. And then you have uh, Megan Kane, who who was just one. I mean, all these girls are winners, right? Uh, number twenty-seven. Then you have Jennifer Cupcho, who's world ranked number twenty-eight, and Danielle Kane is world ranked number twenty-nine. But you know, she's fallen a lot. I mean, she's not been very good lately. And then you have Andrea Lee, who's forty-third. Uh, a lot of California girls. Then you have Lexi Thompson, who has not been great. She's world number two, but man, she's been up here a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is her sixth. So it's an, Solheim Cup, it's, an, it's an interesting team. You have Lexi Thompson, who's on her sixth uh, Solheim Cup team, even though I, yeah. I think she's like, like 30, 32. Or th I mean, she's young. Yeah. And then, you, young. Have, yeah. And then you have a bunch of girls for, for whom this is their third. Uh, yeah. You have Ali Ewing, Danielle Kang, Megan Kang, uh, Nellie Korda, uh, and Angel Yin. This is all their their third. You have Jennifer Kupcho as her second, and then you have the four rookies: Cheyenne Knight, and the four rookies, and, yeah. Andrea Lee, Lilia Vu, and Rose Yang. 
So it's. I mean, that Andrew Yen's made it three times. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, Stacy Lewis Rose is Day. the captain. Isn't doesn't yeah. it hasn't Brian Brian Harmon to me has always been the male Stacy Lewis. Mm. Don't you? Th- don't you nailed it. Yeah. Brian Harmon Absolutely. is the male Stacy Lewis. Really is. Really is the male Stacy Lewis. It's amazing. Wow. I mean, Rich, but I think this team's going to be really good. I mean, I was looking at some of the pairings, like girls that I would put together. I mean, and that's the American team. I think the American team is, I think it's very evenly matched. We probably have the same number of girls that have been, uh, you know, rookies. They have a lot of rookies on the European tour, but, you know, golf over there, the women's golf is a young thing on the European tour. I mean, all the older people have, all the older players have, like, kind of retired. Now it's all the young, Leona McGuire, Celine Boutier, Charlie Hall, Georgia Hall. You know, all these, you know, Anna Norquist is kind of like the old one of this group these days. So that's the team I think uh, they're going to play great. So then I think the European tour, let's take a look at the European tour, just to give you a, a little Anna, uh, Anna Nordquist, this is her eighth Solheim Cup. Eighth. Eighth. I mean, look at these captains. Uh, Suzanne Pedersen is the one. She's good. She was a good player, won a lot of majors. One time she was like, I mean, she was, no one could beat her. Laura Davies is always a good, good person to have on the team. Caroline Martins, I don't know who she is. And Anna Nordquist is a vice captain who's actually playing on, on the team. But, I mean, look at the players, Rich. Uh, you have Celine Boutier, who's what? Who's number four in the world. She's been on the – this is her fourth Solheim Cup. Amazing. Then you have your uh, – Lynn, Lynn Grant is your favorite. You have Mar- uh, Maja Stark. Charlie Hull, another one of your favorites. Charlie Hull's been on a lot. She, she's up 2013. To she's top ten in the world. Yeah, this is her sixth, yeah. and she's young, too. Number nine, number nine in the world. And then you got uh, number 14 in the world, Leona McGuire. Leona McGuire, everyone thought she was going to be a killer out there, right? She was n- all. She was number one ranked player in the amateur in the world for a long time. She's a Dukey, right? Four years at Duke. She's ranked number 14th in the world. This is her second uh, Solheim Cup. Georgia Hall's like so steady. Georgia Hall, She's been, this is her fourth. She's ranked number 16 in the world. Uh, Lynn Grant, the one your favorite one, she's ranked world ranked number 19, her first Solheim Cup. Uh, Carlota Saganda, I mean, she's like a staple out there. What, six. one, two, three, six. four, five, six times? Uh, she's the older statesman. And then, and her record is not very good, seven, eight, and four. And then you have uh, Anna Norquist, who's uh, number 37 in the world. Her record, she's been a lot, like you said. Her record's 14, 10, and three. You know, it's, it's And then you have a bunch of young kids. It, it's interesting. You know, if you went back a couple of Solheim Cups ago, the ratings for the U.S. players were much higher than the ratings for the European players. Although, just like the Ryder Cup, this is what, you know, the Europeans have won as often as the Americans have won. But you'd, you'd have a team of Americans with, you know, Lexi Thompson's and, and the Cordas are top 10 in the world. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Michelle Wee, top yep. 10 in the world. You'd have yep. a bunch of top 10, in the, top 10, top 20 in the world players on the American side. And on the European side, a lot of top, you know, not a lot of top 10 or 20 players, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's really yeah. evened out. It, you know, the number of top 20 players on the American side in this tournament, one, two, three, four, four out of the top 20 in the world. And on the European side, one, two, three, four, five. So uh, I don't I don't know half these girls at the bottom. I mean I don't know this uh, Gemma uh, Dryberg. I don't know her. I mean she was a Scottish number one plate golfer. You know she, I don't know her. I don't know uh, uh, Emily Pedersen. I don't really know her that well. But she's ranked high. She probably played golf here in the United States. 
I'm surprised. And then you have. Down. I'm surprised she's only 120 in the world. I'm surprised the other Danish girl. Uh, what's her name? Nona, Nona Madsen, who's always yeah. on the leaderboard. I'm surprised she didn't make the team. Uh, yeah, it was between those two, right? It, it was a pick between those two. I, I guess. But yeah. look, it's going it, to be it's going to yeah. be a fun competition, and we've said it before. And you know, I really wish I wish we would have been there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as as much fun as we're going to have in Germany, I think you know we would have maybe preferred to be at the Solheim Cup and and have a lot of fun. Yeah. So you know, yeah, I would go out there and try to become a. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's going to be played this weekend, and we're probably yeah. you know we're probably not we're not going to be able to see a lot of it. I hope when we get to our hotel. I mean, they'll play it in Europe, right? We'll find a place. Yeah, yeah, we'll watch. But but it's not going to be well you know I don't know we'll see we'll in try. Europe it'll probably be big I would assume yeah hey, how many German girls are on the team uh, no None. Germans zero no yeah. Germans so. no yeah. well no. they don't care about it well it's all it's almost Oktoberfest Rich so we should have a pretty good time a post Oktoberfest yeah. we maybe we'll find some places and have some good dinners in Berlin and you know it's going to be great I hope the weather is kind of warm because I don't want I'm going to try to pack real light here and. Take five pairs of underwears and five pairs of socks and a couple of shirts and I pants packed, and all packed, this stuff. I packed yesterday, Stacy. You did? You just taking your backpack? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I am taking my backpack. And uh, well, you got a pair of shoes. I got to. You got to take. You I'll better put, wear them. I got to go pick them up. I'll, I'll them, probably pick them up later. Before. I'll put them in there. All right. Well, so, you should wear them because they're going to be comfortable on the plane. So the last thing we're going to do, and um, we will have episodes in Europe. We'll, we'll try to do one next weekend after the Solheim. Well, I think we should do it. Can we do a pre? Why, why don't we? Yeah, we need to do one, and then we could do some more picks when it gets closer to the the line will probably change and all that stuff. We'll do so. we'll do we'll do one next week when we're in, uh, from Berlin, and then yeah. we'll do one maybe on Thursday uh, after we go to the practice round, and then we'll yeah we'll yeah. then we should be able to know what the pairings are. They'll have the opening ceremonies, and we'll make our predictions for day one. Are we going to make our predictions then, or what? Or what are we going to do? Let's make our well. We make can our, do our predictions either from Berlin, or we can do it on Thursday. Maybe we should do it on. Let's Thursday. do it on. Yeah, let's do it on Thursday. Thursday we see the course. The we can talk about the course. Yeah, and then we'll do. Yeah, we could talk about the course. We could do. Yeah, we'll do a lot. Talk about the course. Figure like, it out. And just like uh, whistling straights, we'll do daily podcasts uh, after yeah. after the Ryder Cup. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to look for. I, I uh, connected on Twitter. Other people I connected on Twitter with was were the Ryder Cup guardians. Uh, the Europeans who wear the funny yellow and blue suits and did we take a picture with them last time? Did no, I have a picture no, with the Guardians? Uh, maybe from a couple times ago. We, we're going to have to connect yeah. with them, and and you know they now are aware of the Ryder Cup podcast, and I think they'll come on and hopefully, hopefully they, yeah. hopefully yeah. they have, uh, they're not Charlie Hull Cockneys, and we'll be able to understand what they say. Okay. Yeah. But they're great. Well, it's going to be they're fun. Great. I don't know how many Americans are going to show up, but there should be a, some Eastern, uh, Eastern of keyboard Americans showing up for it, one would assume, right? All right. So let's start, let's start with the American team. So first of all, who's your, who's your number one pairing? The guys you're going to send out, and presumably, unless they stink, send out for four sessions. Who's your number one pair? <laughs> Chetley and Ashokley, they're my ones that are going out. I totally agree. I, I Those mean, are the only ones. Unless they, unless, I'm sending them out no matter what. Unless they're, unless they're just, you know, you know, shit in the bed. Uh, unless they're doing uh, crack before, uh, they're going out every time. I'm with you. They're, they're best buddies. They've played well in President's Cup, yep. in Ryder Cups. And there is no way. I mean, if, if they get separated by, uh, 
uh, by Zach Johnson, you know, the, the, the blowback on Zach will be extreme. Okay. So that's, yeah. that's one pair. That's, that's easy. Yep. Everybody can pick that. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What's, is, is there a, is there a second pair that you would send out and, and, and plan to play all four sessions? Uh, I want to say Homa and Marikawa because they're both playing pretty darn good this year. I like those two guys going out together. They're just going to feed off each other. I think those are at least three session guys. Uh, four if they're if they're if they're winning, but I like the I like the pairing too. They're both Cal guys. Homa's a little older than than Morikawa, but they both played at Cal. They're both you know I, I think I think uh, Homa's a little more fiery, but not fiery in a bad way. Fiery in a you know in yeah. a good way. He's not like like Patrick Reed uh, fiery. He's kind of you know happy fiery. Yeah, absolutely. Collins, I mean, Collins Rich, chill. Collins more chill. I but he was great. I mean, Colin Morikawa and Dustin Johnson were, you know, team 1A and 1B, you know, Xander Shoffley yeah. and, uh, and Cantlay, Dot Johnson and Morikawa. Those were the, those were the, you know, the teams on the last Ryder Cup. Yeah. I mean, this is the hard one. I, I mean, I'm telling you this, the, getting that third team, Rich, I mean, I know who it's got to be. It's got to be Scheffler and Burns. It's got to be those guys. But I don't know. Do you, do you put Scheffler out uh, with? Uh, you put him out with some guy like Brian Harmon. I don't know. I mean, I think that I'd, would be a good one. The one thing I'd say about uh, Sam Burns is his strokes gained putting statistic is twelfth. One of the things that Brian Dalrymple said was at least on the par threes. Okay, you could you could have Scheffler tee off and Burns, you know, do the putting. Uh, because the par threes are all, I think he said odds. So, you know, okay. in the Ryder Cup, this, you know, the, the, they have to alternate holes where they drive. So you want to have, you know, the guys on the par three who are better ball strikers driving and then the putters hitting the second shots. So you could, you could, okay. although, although do you really want Scotty Scheffler trying to make a bunch of four foot putts? Maybe not. Uh, no, maybe not. Not at all. Maybe, maybe you do want, maybe Scheffler's better on the 25 foot putts where he's not awful. It's the it's the you know the four to ten foot putts that he really struggled this year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I think it is going to be Scheffler and Burns. I, I, there's no other reason Burns should be on this team. He didn't merit being on the team. He's on the no, team. I mean, he's and he, Scheffler's buddy. Yeah, and you got to play Scotty Scheffler. Well, I don't know if you have to play him every time. If he's putting poorly, do you like get him out of there? Look, I don't if, know. If that team's playing well, you ride him. He's the number one player in the world. Yeah. If they're not playing yeah. well and he's not putting well, you know, you know maybe maybe. Uh, you do the same thing for them that you should do for for Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, which is well. Let me ask you this: So those are the first three teams. We got Cantlay and Shoffley, Homa and Murakawa, Scheffler and Burns. Now this becomes a pickle for me. Like, do you go with Jordan and Thomas? Jordan, and, you go with Spieth and Thomas, or do you go with Kepka and Wyndham Clark? So I think because I think they I think they're going to be formidable. Captain Wyndham Clark, I think they would be pretty darn good together. See, I think it I think it depends. The Europeans get to decide when to do four balls and when to do foursomes, right? It's their pick yeah. which one goes first. I think that Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, you can't play in foursomes. You have to play in four balls because yeah. you know they're so erratic. They make a lot of birdies, but they also make a lot of bogeys. And yeah. uh, so don't play. Let me get to my statistics here. Uh, 
Justin Thomas, so 39th okay. in birdie percentage. Jordan Spieth, not as good as you'd think, 66th in, in a birdie percentage. But I, I, I would, at least for their first match, play those guys in four balls. So uh, if foursomes is first, and traditionally foursomes have come before the four balls, right? You know, traditionally the morning sessions are, are foursomes, which means, you know, alternate shot. And the afternoon sessions yeah. have been four balls. Uh, I'd say... Going out on Friday morning, you want experience. Yeah. So you want at least so so let's say you have our, you know, our three teams. You have Morikawa and Homa, Scheffler and Burns, and Cantley and Shoffley, and you want one more team. You have four more guys. Uh, or or you have three you have six more guys. And let's say Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth aren't going out. They're not going out. Yeah. So then you have Wyndham yep. Clark, Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka, and Brian Harmon. And mm. you know, so what do you do? Do you say we want experience and you put Brooks Kepka? Because I, I think unless Brooks I mean I Kepka, could put Kepka with Harmon is not bad. That's like, not a bad I group. like Kepka with Harmon. I like yeah, I like I like that. I like Kepka with Harmon and Clark with Fowler. Uh Clark and yeah. Fowler play this, you know, uh they both have Oklahoma State ties. They're really good friends. Uh I think I think you want So who I, do you I, choose between those teams? Who would you put out for and four ball? For four ball in the morning, something yeah. tells me Harmon's a rookie, but he's not a rookie. You know, he's, he's thirty. Not, he's yeah. thirty-five years old. Uh, Ager winner, and, and he just won. Year. He won the Open Championship with everybody rooting against him, right? Yeah. Every, I mean, they were actively. It was almost like a Ryder Cup situation. People were actively yep. rooting against Brian Harmon. I'm putting Brooks Kepka, who's also used to being something of a villain, out with Brian Harmon. And that's what I'm putting out. And then I'm putting Wyndham Clark and Ricky Fowler in the afternoon. Uh, yeah, I like it. And then of those teams, and you see how they do, you know, and then you yeah, decide like what it. you're going to do on, on, on Saturday. But I, that's what that's, okay. those are my pairings for the U S team. I think you go Kepka and Harmon. And I think you put those guys out in the morning and AM and, and then Clark PM. And Fowler. Yep. And it almost doesn't matter whether it's uh, four balls or foursomes. You know, I want, I want to get, I want Harmon to get the pressure of being, you know, uh, uh, in the first session and let Clark, yeah. you know, kind of let Clark, you know, kind of kind of ease himself into it. But both of them, I like yeah. I like the fact I like that, that you don't put two rookies together. I, I, I don't, I don't, together. Yeah. You don't put two rookies yeah. together. All yeah, right. I like it. I really like that. That's good. OK, so we have our we have our European, uh, our American pairings. Uh, we have our American pairings, at least, you know, we seem to pretty much agree on those. So now we get to the European side, and boy, what a, you know, Luke Donald has some decisions to make, but I, I don't know that he has any, is, is there a bad pairing on the European side, right? I guess his biggest decision is whether he wants to play Shane Lowry, you know, on, on a regular basis, or he wants to hide Shane Lowry, whoever yeah. says is out of form, but Shane Lowry's actually played pretty well the last couple of weeks. He played pretty well at the Irish he Open, and he, and he played yeah. pretty well at the BMW. I don't think you need to hide Shane Lowry and that guy loves the Ryder Cup loves it he really loves it I mean I have my team so you start why don't you start the European well on the European side uh so you know my feeling has actually has actually changed a little bit um I originally thought that you're going to have three teams uh and that was going to be uh Rom with Hovland Fitzpatrick with McElroy and uh, Fleetwood with Hatton, and they would just play all four sessions. That was my original thought. 
But I tell yeah. you what, Lucas Aberg has been so good. He's so good. That uh, I'd, put, a, I'd put him I, with McElroy. I, I, I might put him with Hovland. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. I might put him with Hovland. Uh, just, you know, two Scandinavians. But I, I think unless he, you know, isn't, unless he, he shows nerves and isn't playing well, he might be like, you know, Hovland last time where he played every session, even though, even though, you know, Hovland wasn't winning points last time because Paul Casey was terrible. Uh, but I think as a rookie, you might play Aberg three or four sessions. And that kind of changes. I, the, I think so. That changes the math, Stacey. Because if it, then you have seven guys who you pretty much want to play all the time. But what that means is you don't have to play them all the time. If somebody's off, yep. you know, you, you can sit them out. So, uh, I've switched it, and I now like Hovland with Aberg. Uh, I think that would be a dominating team. Then you think, okay, so so who's John Rahm going to play with? And uh, you know, I, I think obviously John Rahm can can really play with anybody. Uh, and I have John Rahm with Matthew Fitzpatrick. And part of the reason is Matthew Fitzpatrick has never won a point yeah. in the Ryder Cup. And putting him with John Rahm, you know, he's going to win. You know, I think, I think Matthew Fitzpatrick has to get some, some Ryder Cup confidence. And playing with yeah. John Rahm, they're going to win. Uh, they're they're going to yeah, be like successful. It. So you put Fitzpatrick with Rahm. I wouldn't put McElroy with Rahm because I don't – I've never got no, the impression – No, that's not a good – I've never got the impression that they're the best of friends. You know, yeah, I don't think so, right? I mean, they're you know, competitors. They're, competitors. They're very competitive, right? You know, it's like, and I think know, Rom doesn't like that 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 McElroy guy. I don't think he likes. I think that. Rom Rom Rory is uh, Jay Monahan's guy. He is the face yeah. of the PGA Tour, and John Rom has been critical of Jay Monahan and his decision making. He's been more. He's been less. Uh, uh, he's been he's been less critical of the live players. So I don't I don't think you I don't think you uh, you put Rom with McElroy. So I would put Rom with Fitzpatrick because I think Fitzpatrick has to win. Uh, if yeah, Fitzpatrick, I agree if with you. you. Put Fitzpatrick out with somebody and he loses. You know he's like shit. You know I'm I'm you know, this is my third Ryder Cup. I still haven't gotten a point. And, and let's face it, he's a much better player than he was uh, at uh, Hazeltine and at Whistling Straits. He hits the ball a lot farther. Yeah. he's a lot more confident. Yep. So that leaves. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still going to have Hatton and Fleetwood. You know, they've played together a lot. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to separate those two out. It's not like they were great in the last tournament, but I just think it's... it's but they're of, both planned. They're both the form, Rich. They're both in form. Yeah, I think that's a good yeah, group. So then the question is what to do with Rory McIlroy. And I think my answer to that is he's the guy who you, you know, you, you shift around a little bit. Maybe, you, you know, his good buddy is Shane Lowry. You know, yeah. and maybe you try him with Shane Lowry. And if that doesn't work, maybe you try him with, with Justin Rose. And if that doesn't, you know, I, I think the best team, actually, if I'm Luke Donald, you know what team I'm going to do? Roy McIlroy with Sepp Straka. I like that team, yeah. I like, that's a good team. Sepp Straka is the X factor. Sepp Straka is a birdie machine. Really is, yeah. Uh, and so and so maybe I, maybe I, you know, I say with Rory, you know, we're going to try you with we're going to try you with some folks in the practice rounds and see who you mesh with. But I, I'd actually be looking at Sepp Straka because that guy makes a shit ton of birdies. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. And, well, then, and then and then, you know, then you have, you know, 
you know, Rose and Lowry. And I think Hoygaard's going to get one session, you know, on, yeah. on, on Friday. He's not Saturday. playing great anyways. Yeah. Well, one session and, you know, with, with a guy like Justin Rose, with a veteran like Justin Rose. Yeah. That's, I that, agree. That's yeah. right. All right. Your turn. Uh, uh, okay. So uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put uh, McElroy with Aberg. I think they both complement each other. Good demeanors. The rookie with a good, a studly player. This kid's number one player in the world. Roy's been, as an amateur. Roy's been number one player in the world as a pro. I like those two together. I just think it's just to be a formidable team. I like I Hatton and Fleetwood. They're both the form. I like Rom and Strzokka. I think Seth Strzokka together. I think that would be a good uh, two ball. And then I like Hovland and Fitzpatrick. Those are the guys I'd run out in the morning. No, and I might even run these guys back in the afternoon. But if I didn't run them back in the afternoon. In the afternoon, I would go Macaroa, Aberg, Hoblin with Fleetwood. I would go Ra- uh, Hop- Fleetwood and Hatton. I would go Straka and Lowry and Fitzpatrick and uh, Rose in the, in the afternoon. That's, what I, that's how I would put, it, put them out there. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to find out very soon. Yep. Uh, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait I'm excited to get to get on a vacation, take some time off, have a little fun, visit our friend Jill, and I got to get her something. So I got to have to figure it out yeah, next. We got to get her birthday present. All right. Well, let's. let's uh, we, uh, I'm at, at the end. I'm gonna I'm gonna do our sign off song, and then uh, uh, I'm gonna put on at the end of this again our interview with Brian Dalrymple. For anybody who didn't hear last week, it's fantastic. Uh, I am going to lead us out today. today uh, Stacy, because I don't know how much of this we can do, how much of our musical stuff we can do when we're when we're over there. Uh, okay, but we're going to be in Germany, so I, I I'd ask you what what your favorite German rock and roll song is. I, I can only think of two. Uh, my my two favorite German rock and roll songs is is Ninety Nine Luftballons by Nina, and okay, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, but I think I have it. I think I have to do ninety nine Luft balloons because I, the other one is Falco's Der Commissar. But as I recall, I think Falco might be Austrian. Oh, okay. I you it, you you'll have to tell me. I'm not sure. I don't know any German songs. I probably do, but I. True. All right. So here is here is ninety nine Luft balloons by uh, Nina, who I think died tragically soon after she she wrote this song. We will talk oh, to everybody. Wow. The next time we talk to you, we're going to be in Berlin, Germany, uh, yeah. after the Solheim Cup, and then the and then after that, the next time we're going to be in Rome, uh, yeah. you and me and Not our friend pasta. and our friend Lucho and his girlfriend who smokes. Oh, smoke! He's trying they to get smoke in the Airbnb. He's trying to get her to stop. Yeah, yeah, no smoking in the Airbnb. All right, Airbnb. All right, have okay. a good have a good week, everybody. Here's Nina. Okay, everyone. Yeah, here's an ad. Never mind. Ah. Yeah, here we go. You don't know this song, Stacey?
Well, we are back, and uh, this is Rich. Stacy. Stacy is uh, not with us for for a second, but I am. I am so pleased to have with us uh, today Brian Dalrymple. Brian is the president of BD Aerial, and I, I've got to tell you, Brian, you have the kind of the coolest job. When how ha, ha, how old are you? Can I ask? Yeah, I just turned thirty nine. Thirty nine, and um, yeah. So, been working with drones for quite quite a while now, since uh, 2000, 2011. So I kind of look at it this way: when I was a kid, I'm I'm uh, I'm about uh, well, as of a couple of days ago, I'm about nineteen years older than you. When we were kids, everybody wanted to be a crane operator uh, or 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 drive a fire truck. And I think you mm -hmm. have the coolest job of this next generation: uh, flying drones and you know going over all these crazy uh, uh, famous venues in the world uh, flying drones. So tell me about how you got into this. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, so um, I actually got into it back in, really it was probably 2010. Um, I had um, a climbing background. I was doing a lot of rock climbing and um, I was getting into video production. So I started setting up these zip lines so I could I could zip across the line with my camera and get these aerial shots to add some production value. And um, I realized that I just needed to get the shot to continue. Um, I needed to get higher. I needed uh, control without being on the zip line. Um, I had a few dangerous moments. Uh, that was another reason to um, look for uh, an, another aerial solution. Um, and I was on a ski shoot and some guys had this remote control helicopter. It was a big single rotor helicopter. And as soon as I saw that, I knew that that was the direction that I was going to go with my, with my aerial shots. So I started researching some remote control helicopters and I found this platform that was a multi-rotor drone and it was called a Droidworks 88HL and this heavy lift drone. And so any, anybody out there that knows, uh, you know, first generation drones, they'll know what that one is. And, um, it, it would fly a Canon 7D camera and it was really the, you know, groundbreaking, uh, entry to, to drone work for me. Um, and so w once I got that drone, it was so expensive at the time for me that I, I realized I need to do more than just shoot in the outdoor industry in order to pay the drone off and have it be like an asset that made sense to own and operate. And so I started looking into the golf industry actually. Um, and I started an app, um, and, um, shot a lot of golf courses. That's where I got all of my flight time early on. Um, I was buying some early DJI, uh, S 800s and S 900s. And, um, I was going around the West coast and shot, probably a little over a hundred golf courses, uh, for the app specifically. Um, and so I exited from that app. It was called birdie. Eye. I was, I was originally the founder of it. Um, I, I exited from that company 
and went right into freelance drone work where I started custom building drones to fly the Red Epic camera. Um, at that time, there were no platforms out there that could fly that type of weight. So I gave myself a massive advantage by figuring out how to custom build them. And it was still really hobby equipment. So at times, uh, a Red Epic would fall out of the sky because the drone would have some issues. And um, there's all sorts of different issues that early stage drones would have. Um, and what's funny, too, is drones actually were not considered drones back in the day. Um, that was really a military word and a word that I really wanted to stay away from. <clears throat> so people would ask me if that was a drone, I would say that's a remote control helicopter. Right. Um, it wasn't, yeah, probably wasn't until like 2015 or 16 that I really, you know, come around to saying, yeah, this is a drone. And by that time, people would actually know the type of drone that I was flying because um, it was either one of my custom built drones or it would be a DJI style drone, like a Inspire um, or a phantom, um, or something larger, like, um, uh, uh, like an Alta H, uh, free fly drone. So, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was going to ask, how has the range of the drones improved over time? Like, you know, how much, how much farther and how much longer can you fly now than, you know, gosh, you've been in this since, since really the beginning, uh, yeah, the, the range was very poor, um, you know, in the early teens, even the mid-teens, really. And the range limitations were not necessarily on the flying platform as much as it was on the video signal. So you could really only fly the drone as far as you could get the video signal because you had to have control over the camera and get nice shots. So, you know, we're looking at maybe 500 yards would be absolute max range that you could get so in order to fly a hole of a golf course i would need to fly half the hole fly back move out to the middle of the fairway fly the second half sometimes on par three on par fives i'd have to fly three different times um and just splice it together with editing just to to capture the entire hole and now the range is so much better the video signal is so much better i can set myself up in positions where i can see the drone the entire way down the hole um i can get the shot with control with zero latency zero disruption in the video signal um it's just so much easier now you know you know you know as, as our listeners know i'm a neurosurgeon and this kind of reminds me of we do what's called image guidance, which is we're able to kind of navigate within the brain or within the spine in real time, which is all kind of, again, military technology that when we started using it was very rudimentary. And now it's amazing. I mean, it, it, it's kind of the same thing. We, we you know, uh, 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 citizens, uh, civilians who have taken military technology and just, you know, taken it and improved on it and, and I'm sure continue to improve on it on an annual basis. You, now you said I can't I can't pass by this. You 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 started in the outdoor realm and you were doing ski shots as well, kind of like extreme skiing kind of things. Yeah, I was working with um, a specific ski, uh, skier, Samuel Carlson, and I was traveling around with him and um, shooting with him at a lot of different locations. 
and setting up zip lines with snow anchors and um, I shot a movie called On Top of the Hood here in Oregon. It was a lot of fun. That was a couple month project. Um, got to shoot with Sage Kostenberg, who won the Olympics one oh, year. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, got to shoot with Tanner Hall. Um, got to shoot with a, a, a lot of really cool uh, skiers that were fun to work with and snowboarders that were fun to work with. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great industry to work in, but very challenging for getting a drone up into snowy conditions where it's very cold. You're working with weather scenarios, high altitudes. Um, there was a lot to, to think about and to consider as a pilot, because ultimately you need the drone to stay safe. You need everybody around you to stay safe. And, um, you know, you, you got to keep the environment safe too, by not crashing a drone into like, you know, a Canyon that you're not going to be able to go, go get it back from. So. So, so over the years, you've been doing this a long time now. What's, what's the coolest thing? If you look back and say, what's the, the highlight of my, uh, of my athletic career, what, what would you say? I would say, um, I shot for an IMAX movie that was um, called the Great Bear Rainforest IMAX. And that was definitely the coolest shoot that I've ever been a part of. It was multiple months up in the Great Bear, Great Bear Rainforest. We were shooting with spirit bears, um, which are black bears with a genetic mutation. Um, we were shooting with grizzly bears, whales, wolves, eagles, um, all sorts of sea life, uh, seabirds. It was a multi-year project where I was living on a catamaran for um, like six weeks at a time for the different trips, and it was incredible. It was it was just such an incredible experience. And I was flying a drone. Um, it was a a really big um, eight rotor drone that um, was flying a, a Red Epic camera at the time. It was um, just the top of the line 8A camera with a really heavy lens package. And we were only getting probably 10 minutes of flight time off of each flight. And I was launching off of a deck and we we're very heavy. We were just below 55 pounds all in for the drone. And because of the, the water and the waves, we had to actually hand catch the drone on every single landing. Wow. So if you could imagine somebody you know, putting their hands up in the air and catching a, a just less than 55 pound thing that's got spinning, eight spinning rotors um, with seeds that are kind of, you know, bouncing you around. It was, wow. it was always a little bit spicy. Um, and uh, we had great safety the whole time. We never had a drone crash. Um, it was, it was a fantastic project. Well, wow. Well, this is a golf podcast. So let me get to golf. And I know, you know, you've just gotten back from, from uh, filming for, for NBC and the Golf Channel, I assume, for the Ryder Cup. And I understand you've also, uh, you've also flown over Augusta. Uh, tell me some of the other, like, you know, premier courses that, 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 you've, that you've flown over. Yeah, so um, just slightly worked uh with Augusta um Golf Channel didn't have the rights to actually film that location so um we did film uh where the women were playing um the first year the the women were playing in Augusta right. um 
and that was really cool. Um, I believe that course was called Champions Retreat. So we filmed that course. Um, that was really fun. Um, I shot at uh, Austin Country Club for match play. Uh, Bell Reeve, uh, Beth Page Black. Um, I've shot Pebble Beach twice, once for the U.S. Open and once for um, the Pro-Am. Um, I shot this year for L.A. Country Club, U.S. Open. Um, shot, yeah, I shot at the Hoy Lake uh, this year for the Open. Um, Shinnecock Hills. Shot the old course for the Open last year. Wow. Um, Brookline Country Club, Torrey Pines, Whistling Straits, Wingfoot. Um, I've shot EPC Sawgrass, I think, five or six times. Wow. I didn't shoot it this year because um, we had enough footage, but I'll shoot it next year because it sounds like there are going to be some changes to the course and, and they're going to want some more footage. So, yeah, I, I've just had a blast shooting golf uh, with the Golf Channel and NBC Sports. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and, and I really like the people that I work with there. And yeah, it's, well, tell, it, yeah, honestly, yeah. A lot of the people who listen to us are are obviously everybody's going to be watching, but a lot of people are going to are going to be at the course. So first, just with at the Marco Simone, it's not you know it's, they've had a couple Italian Opens there, but it's not a a course that a lot of people know. So first of all, within Rome, it's in the it's in the outskirts of Rome. How far you know just from a location standpoint? How far is it away from the center? How easy? does it seem to get to? I would say it's probably about a 35 minute drive, if I remember right. So really not that hard to get to. And the thing I've heard about it most is that it's a very hilly course. Uh, is that something that, that, that you saw as you, as you, as you flew over? Yeah, I would say there are definitely hills. And I think the theme that I would say that the course has is, um, elevated greens with just very severe slopes coming off of the greens um really long rough so if you if you get off the fairway and you're you know 10 feet off the fairway or more you're you're going to kind of be in trouble so it's really set up like a european rider cup course so you know the the Ameri you've you've been have you have you done it uh, any of the recent american rider cup whistling straits or hazeltine yeah, whistling straights. Yep. So they're always set up as as bombers courses where the rough isn't particularly punitive, and the European courses like Le Golf National and Glen Eagles are set up the opposite. They're set up for uh, shorter, straighter hitters. So it sounds like the rough has been set up to accommodate the European golfers. Yeah, I'd say you're you're definitely correct there. All right. And does it remind you of any place? Are there are there you know are there are there other courses that you filmed that this is like this reminds me of this course? You know, I don't think so. It was it was very unique, and um, yeah, I don't I don't think I I thought that that it reminded me of another course. So uh, we're, we're Stacy and I are going to be there, and what we do is you know the Ryder Cup is fr is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we go on Thursday and walk the course trying to find, oh, I was going to ask you that. Do they, but when you go to a new course, do you, do you walk the course first 
before before you start flying or do you just kind of get to it we actually just get to it um the the golf channel producer that i work with um he really does his research if he doesn't already know the course and he already knows exactly what he wants to get um he's just super talented and he just he, he already has shot lists he already has the vision of how all the different shots are going to go um which is really cool because, you know, I, I get to add some creative ideas, but he already has such a such a good creative outlook on the course itself that um, we just get right to work. So 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 give uh, give the listeners and, and give me and Stacy kind of some signature holes that that really kind of impressed you as being uh, unique or good places for a spectator to go, you know, sit and watch, you know, for the Ryder Cup. Mm hmm. Yeah, so the first hole is really, really cool. There are some massive grandstands that surround the tee box. So as far as an experience goes, I think if you're sitting in those grandstands, you're gonna you're gonna have a really good time. Um, the fifth the fifth hole, um, there's a castle in the background, oh, which no is way. really cool. Yeah, and there's uh, water down on the left. It's a, I remember it's it's a par four. Um, I think it's about 376 yards. Um, it just, it, it seems like a challenging hole and just really scenic with that, with that castle. Um, the sixth hole, um, that's uphill with, uh, just really severe slopes on the sides of, uh, of the green and a bunker that's short in front. And, uh, I think they're going to be able to have some really cool pin placements for that hole. Um, so that could be really interesting uh, to watch. Um, the par threes. So uh, three of the uh, par threes are on odd holes. So, um, you know, they're generally probably going to want their best uh, ball striker to be kind of lined up right. uh, to be able to hit those, hit those tee shots. Um, and there's quite a variety too. So like hole seven is a 220 yard par three. Whereas hole 13 is 145 yard par three, so uh, quite a bit of variety, which is which is really cool. Um, let's see. So hole 11, that's a drivable par four potentially. Love, I mean, love, love the drivable par fours in the Ryder Cup. They're so much fun. Yep. Yeah, they are a blast to watch. And yeah, it's 330 yards. So definitely, some people are going to be driving the green. I would think. Um, hole 16 is also a drivable par, uh, par four. Um, sorry, if I just said 11 was a par three, I meant par four. Um, hole 16 is also a drivable par four. So that's 350 yards, but it's downhill. So, uh, really scenic. You can see St. Peter's and the Vatican in the background. Oh, wow. That would, that would be a really cool tee box to be sitting at. Um, let's see. Hole 17 is also a par three um, with a really narrow green. So that'd be fun to watch people uh, coming into that green. And hole 18 is this just, you know, really long par five that is just super downhill. And uh, I would say that's definitely a risk and reward hole because you've got water on the left and you've got that deep rough on the right. So, that would be a really fun spot to be kind of hanging out. 
par, par fives on the 18th hole of a Ryder Cup are really cool. Um, Hazeltine had a had a had a dogleg par five as the last hole, and a couple of the a couple of the, of, of the matches came down to that par five. I remember it was an elevated green, really hard to get to in two, and a lot of the guys who tried wound up not even coming close to getting up and down. Well, that sounds. Um, I tell you, Brian, that sounds like so much fun. And I so appreciate you coming on and talking to us. And now I know that we're going to call you in two years before Beth Page, uh, because the next Ryder Cup is at Beth Page. And you obviously have been there before and I'll probably, probably go there again. Um, I hope so. That would sure be a blast. Hey, I love that course. Thank you very much. Uh, we, we probably would have met each other if, uh, if your brother had, uh, uh, if their wedding hadn't been in the middle of COVID days, but maybe one of these days we'll get to meet up and, and talk about some of this stuff in person. But again, I uh, really appreciate you coming on with us today, my friend. Yeah. Thanks so much. It'd be great to meet you in person as well. And I appreciate you having me on today and uh, yeah, good luck uh, going over there and I'm sure you're, you're going to have a great time.